This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome to the Fashion Lab Show, the first ever fashion business radio show to go live in the world. And my name is Lisa Gumbo Regisford. Um, and on today's show, we are going to be discussing the African fashion industry and what we need to do to get into the global market space. Uh, you know, when we say we are passionate about growth, we say we are passionate about development of the African fashion industry, we can't just talk. We've got to walk the talk. And obviously, we are sitting in studio with a very uh, special guest. I want to say important guest. Mm-hmm, absolutely. <laughs> and I'm sitting here with my co-host, Morwick Peterson. Good afternoon, everyone. Morwick, you look beautiful, as always. Oh, oh thank you, Liz. <laughs> thank you. Thank Could you, you just describe quickly what you're wearing before we go into the serious matters? <laughs> the serious <subject> matter. <laughs> um, well, today I have on um, this light navy blue suit. And then I broke it with um, an, an all-color type of stripe that has like you know shocking colors and then also with a shocking color type of a peach shoe and um, yes that's what i'm wearing today i I mean you look absolutely lovely too liz i love your whole summer what's lovely about this do not laugh anyway (laughs) (laughs) let's let's move along you know what this is um somehow the weather just changed but we'll talk about the weather another time because really i think a lot of people all over the world are not really dealing with this right now fred eboka is the ceo founder of Eboka Design, Mm -hmm. and he's joining us in studio, all dressed in black, looking fabulous as well. Fred is always in black. Fred, welcome to the show. Thank you. What, what is it about your look, quickly, just for the audience to understand what, about my look? what I'm talking about? It's, yes. uh, it's very simple. Black is, is uh, original, it's simple. It, it makes it easy for me just to start my day. Oh, wow. And I, secondly, oh. because I deal with a lot of color, so black become a way of me um, excluding myself from all the colors I'm dealing with. Yeah, but I, I, I like what Fred said earlier when we were sitting outside and he said, and you, you asked us, Liz, are we not getting hot? And Fred says, you get used to always because we, we, we in suits every single day. So you get, you really get used to it. And because of the air pockets in our suits that we sometimes forget that we have on our suits. And yes, so Guys, we really get I used was to it. hot. And just looking at the two of you, I was even hotter. I was like, let me just take off my little short sleeved <laughs> jacket and just like breathe a bit. But anyway, share with us whatever subject matters that you think you would want to hear on the show as we continue to dissect um, the business behind fashion. We all want the fashion industry, especially within the continent, to grow. And I think that your feedback is also very important to us. We are on Twitter at Fashion Lab AF. We are on Instagram at Fashion Lab Africa. And our website is www.fashionlabafrica.com for anyone who wants to connect with us later. Um, Back to our topic of discussion, because we really just need to get straight into the into the water. You know, um, the fashion industry in Africa, Fred, I mean, we obviously are doing what we do. You've been in this game. I'll, I'll call you a veteran in this game. I mean, you've been in this game. You've seen the black, the blue, the yellow stars and everything that happens. Um, tell us a bit about your thoughts when it comes to where the industry is now, the potential or the blockage. There's something that's not happening that needs to be able to get us to the next step, I yeah. believe. Yeah. What, what are your thoughts? Let's just have this conversation with, with no hard feelings. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, look, um, there are multiple reasons that one can look at, you know, why things are not really going in the direction that it ought to in terms of well, given all the talents we have and all the resources we have. Uh, but I think one of the reasons is that uh, we don't think large enough, you know, meaning uh, fashion in Africa is still seen as 
some kind of hobby. Mm-hmm. And even on the political environment, I really don't think that people take fashion seriously as a way of creating job. Or probably, I sometimes think that because there's so much ignorance associated with our industry, which means that people don't really understand the intellectual aspect of fashion. That Absolutely. fashion is a part of science and technology and how much job it can generate and how much investment can be put into it to generate such jobs. So when they are uh, kind of um, when they are making policies, they can actually direct their policies in a way that enhances the development of the industry, starting from textile, manufacturing, to retail, then going backwards, design, and how all this connects each other to form the larger industry as you have it in Europe. But then, uh, in Europe, there's a history behind where they are today. But my problem, or my challenge, often, is why we still haven't learned from something they have done so well. Would you say, though, that, you know, because for me sometimes what I wonder is you hear people saying, well, what happens in Rome happens in Rome. Yes. But does it mean, because I also feel like we cannot really rely on imitating everything that happens within a different part of the world, within these industries, whether Mm -hmm. it's music, whether it's fashion, whether it's art, because... Everything comes from the soul of the land. Mm-hmm. And these children from these different parts of the world are all inspired by different things. Their, yes. soul, their roots, their heritage are all anchored yes. into the soil that they were brought up yeah. from. And their stories are different. Yeah. Sitting as a, an African child and saying, well, I want to do what Louis Vuitton did. Is that really realistic? Well, we cannot get emotional about science. Science is... Um it's through observation. You see, you, you can't get too smart or too dumb about it. You can't try to reinvent the wheel. I mean, the, the best way to look at things is look at what is there and innovate. And getting all emotional about the, the roots being in Africa and all that, it's just going to make us static. It's going to make us stay where we are. My opinion is that if we want fashion to move ahead, we have to look at how other people have done it right. Because it's not a singular... And that's despite where they're from. Yes. <laughs> no, no, no. It's not a singularly one person solution. Mm-hmm. I can work as hard as I want. You can work as hard as you want. But as long as in Africa, or say in South Africa, we don't have a coherent policy engineered towards making fashion product Mm -hmm. a global marketable brand through certain vehicle, it's not going to happen. But But I want to... I was going to say more quickly, just quickly. This is Africa we are talking about as well. So let's just say, and I think to me, honestly, when I look at systems, I say South Africa and the rest of the whole, in the whole of the continent, I still think South Africa has the biggest or the best structure when it comes to the fashion industry. I don't think so. I don't think so. Show me what's happening. Listen, I I want to come (laughs) in and just say that this is, it's actually scary when, when in, in terms of our subject matter, because out of the 55 countries, we bring in and put together, we bring in $31 billion. 
and this is sub-Saharan, this is the continent as itself. So why is it still? And then the rest of What's the world... This, well, who, where is that from? Tell me, where is the 30 billion coming in from? From what country or what, what, which countries? From which countries? I can tell you from which countries. It's coming from um, Abidjan, Ivory Coast, Accra, Ghana, um, Addis Ababa's, Ethiopia, Cape Town, South Africa, Dhaka, Senegal, um, Dar es Salaam, Tanzania, um, King Sasha, Congo, Johannesburg, Lagos, Nigeria. Okay, so okay. Luanda, Nairobi, Kenya. And I mean, this all but brings where together. Is this, where is this bill, 30 billion going? This Sorry, is, where? this is, this is all put together. So again, I want to come back and say, then why is it that we are still, it, it's still said that we're facing this, um, um, geo problems and there's no structure when it comes to the fashion industry and, and that there's certain things that we need to, to, I don't know, to, to make this, the fashion industry stronger in Africa. Is it that people just don't know that there is structure, but it's just that people are not aware that there is proper structure in Africa, Fred? I mean, Mo- hold on, Fred, one second. <laughs> Morwick, uh, 30 billion. I want to just hear that again because I also want our listeners to hear this. Okay. Those countries that you just mentioned. Where is the 30 billion? Is it what is coming out of the fashion industry within those? The Sub-Saharan Africa combined apparel no, and is, footwear market. Where, what is that? Is that it's within? It's put together. Yeah. So that is coming from those countries <laughs> you just mentioned. Peanuts. Yes. That's 30 billion. 31 okay. billion. Can do we between the three okay. of us right now know what South Africa is? Because South Africa, I feel, is just as a country. Yeah. But I, South Africa I, brings in, I must tell South Africa brings in, in Cape Town, we bring in um, nine million, about no, 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 no. Sorry, 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 sorry. Um, let's keep. Uh, okay. Yes, if, yes. If the, I'm, I'm just global, getting my stats okay. right. If 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 you are referring to the global market, right, and you are talking about thirty-one billion, and you are you are saying that you know Africa brings in. Uh, let me let me just go high and say forty billion generally. You know, as far as I'm concerned, it could be impressive in terms of the number. But when you are talking about fashion in the world, if that's what we're talking about, and having access to fashion in the world, we're talking about, let, I give you one company like uh, uh, Tom Hilfinger. I mean, Tom Hilfinger, you'll be talking about billions already. And this is one in, individual. If you're talking about Louis Vuitton, <laughs> you are talking of tons of billions already. If you're talking about Gucci, if you're talking, I don't even want to go to, I can even step down, go to other names. So when you, uh, say Africa is doing so well by, uh, I want to say whatever the figure com- comes from, uh, 31 billion, it sounds pretty in- in- impressive, but it is just a peanut. It doesn't mean a thing in the whole, if you relating to the, the fashion activity fashion. in yes. China yeah. or in uh, what Italy brings in as a revenue from fashion and the, uh, what the brand is doing, what the, what the brand means in Italy. And another thing is that when we keep talking about fashion and trying to find angles to it, the reason why I say there is a structure in Europe is because fashion, textile, and design was a vehicle to solve a problem after the Second World War Economically, in Europe. Yes. Yeah. Economically, yes. Economically. And it worked. They solved the problem. I'm not saying we should do exactly, apply, apply the whole thinking the same way. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is that I think it's about time we start to take seriously this issue of fashion and textile. And from my own uh, point of view, and for the amount of time I put into the industry, I sincerely believe that 
people have not, they, we, we, they are not putting the amount of effort to structure the industry in such a way that it goes beyond one person's popularity. Mm-hmm. You know, when you talk about fashion in Turkey, for instance, you know, it means a lot as far yeah. as the country is concerned. Yeah. Mm. They are able to say our revenue this year, fashion is a very important part of it. Yeah. So how do we do that? You know, that the question is, how are we able to arrive at that in Africa? Fred, would you say that our system is dysfunctional or our system is broken? In all honesty, like speaking open now, is our system dysfunctional? That's why we are where we are right now. We don't have a system yet. I don't think we have a coherent system yet. Mm-hmm. Um, why, why do you say that? In the reason of- why I say that, look, in the city of Paris, for instance, for you to do a couture show, <laughs> you, you have to be approved by the council. Yeah. That is how seriously they take themselves. Yeah. And if they take themselves seriously that way, it's because it's a, it's a, it's a, at the backdrop of certain thing for them to be able to say, you know what, a couture show is owned by City of Paris and it's going to be done certain way, it's going to be given certain approval because this is what it means um, on the image of the city of Paris. You know what I mean? Mm. Same thing with Milan. If you, even if you go to New York and, you know, yeah. or other cities I like find that. it interesting that you're saying the council. Why is it that we still don't have a Pan-African council? Like, there's no Pan-African council right <laughs> now. Let's go Maybe. back. Let's go back, guys. <laughs> Maybe I can start. Yes, yes we have to start. Guys, hold on. Do yeah. you know what's even worse? Yeah. You cannot build a house from the roof. You start from, the, from the From base, the bottom, yeah. From, from the bottom. The foundation. So my thing is, before you have a Pan-African council, fashion council, you still have to make sure that in every country in this continent... There's a fashion council. Please, can we just like quickly recap? How many there, fashion councils are there? There is fashion council. There is fashion council. No, wait, well, no. Let's talk about where. Let's not talk okay. about where. No, no. In South, South Africa, Africa, for instance. Has. In South Africa, for instance. There's too I many here. In there, South already, you know, but the point is this. And it's very laughable. Yeah. The point, I mean, I think now, I got it. The point in fashion is that there is so much, there are so many people who look at fashion from popularity, state of mind. You see, you have all this cancel, but it is not doing what it's supposed to do. It doesn't have the kind of beef it's, it's supposed to have to do what it's supposed to do. Fred, is there a Nigerian fashion council? I have no clue. I don't know. Okay, can I tell is. you guys? There's only South Africa fashion council. And if Africa is listening right now, maybe you can correct me and tell me. Send your tweets in so I can hear which other countries in the continent have a fashion council. We know that there's South African National Fashion Council here in South Africa, and there's Cape Town Fashion Council. Those are two fashion councils in one country. No, there's, there's quite a few. There's the, there's Plus, the which other, Houteng others? Fashion Council, and, there's oh, the KwaZulu yes. Natal oh, Fashion Council. Okay, okay. <laughs> yes. So now, is, is Africa here? And are we listening? And are we realizing that maybe with the fashion council, certain things could be implemented certain ways and certain systems could be implemented once you have a fashion council because how are you going to start implementing these things we know africa is the wild west as rough as hard it's freestyle so because i think trying to solve our problems means structure and structure goes back to where is the fashion council have the people in each country in the industry been able to establish something they could call okay to establish a, a fa- you know the, what a pan african let's f- for me you pan. cannot do pan before you have, you have to a council yeah. in each country you, you could you, you could, could you why could actually it could uh, it could actually be the solution i don't exactly. know exactly but all i'm saying is that I, I think one of the problem i have is you mentioned some of this fashion council and i have sat in 
you know, in one some of these uh, meetings that's trying to establish, I think it's the Hunting or Hunting Fashion Council. Council. Yes. And Fred smile <laughs> as you speak. Yeah, <laughs> it's a very serious issue. <laughs> I am passionate about this issue because the only industry that I know, and I, 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 I mean, every now and then I do hope that I hope, you know, young designers we exist for a reason bigger than I exist. I, I, because I'm passionate about this industry. And I think that this industry should be a humongous industry and should solve a whole lot of problems. But unfortunately, that is not the case. And one of the things that draws us back, you know, to start from the root, is that we have to find a way to, to make ourselves understand or people understand that there is so much uh, administrative knowledge that is required to actually set up mm. these cancers. Yeah. These cancers can only function on the backdrop of a lot of experience and knowledge and having building direction out of it. Yeah. That this is where we are going, and that this is the reason why we set up this council. And I this is the reason why we have these specific people sitting a, a, this in this council with certain roles. Ab absolutely. It's like the fashion it's like the uh, fashion week, for instance. I know a lot of people will say, you know, you don't do fashion week, that don't do fashion week. And my contention about the fashion week is that as much as the fashion week, it's a very, very good initiative. It's a very, very good thing in a country. But I started having a problem because it is really not solving the problem. It became an entertainment. Yeah. You know, when you have Fashion Week in most serious cities in the world, it's a very serious thing. <laughs> you know, uh, the, the right journalists are there, the right buyers are there, and the, the industry movers and shakers are there, meaning that you have all the stakeholders involved in it. You have all the different level of echelon of designers involved in it because they come with their clientele. Yeah. And this become a hub for a lot of things to happen in the industry. Whereas you look at the uh, fashion week here, which has got good, um, uh, uh, how do I put it? Traction. Behind it. It's just that we, it needs to be... Um, Certain things need to happen. It becomes an entertaining show. You, you, somebody graduates from university, they put him there, he shows his clothes, whether it's right or wrong. It, camera be beams of this person for maybe 15 or 30 minutes. And what next? What next? What happened from there? And that's well, also al always my question. But for me, that's that, why there's what a, happened. Guys, there's, there's a guys, lot hold on. Of I, I want to engage our listeners. If you're listening right now as the topic is getting really hot in here, send us your tweets and let us know. Does Fashion Week add value to the African fashion designers, in your opinion, or does it not? Yay or nay for Fashion Week? And do we That's need? No, and I, do we I, need I, a I'm, pan I'm not African? Suggesting. No, I want I'm not our listeners. No, but I want our listeners to also. Value. No, it yeah, could because it does people, add value. Yeah, but I just yeah. feel like it's good to also engage and see where are people's minds. There's reasons that certain designers have just boycotted Fashion Week. I know that this year I haven't shown because I, I just decided There's a for lot my own reasons that I'm not going to show. So I think it's also nice to hear where other people's mindsets are around this. But there's a lot of week. clutter there for a little visibility. Because when you look at it, there's so many different independent African fashion shows, mm. right? But there is not really one big 
platform yes. where we come together, yes. whether it's in the form of an exhibition yes. or a, a trade proper, show, a trade trade show, show. or a big um, um, fashion show Which is The African fashion show And let's And this needs to be Put on a calendar So like you were saying To attract The proper buyers The proper journalists And for people To actually see What is going on Within And I- even to support us okay. As as Africa I think again There's a lot of clutter Fred And little visibility Okay What, what I think though Is that every Every uh, development is built on history. There has to be a platform, a foundation. One of the missing thing, as far as fashion is concerned in, in South Africa, particularly and generally in Africa, my opinion is that in South Africa, for instance, if you ask a graduate of South African uh, fashion school, uh, who, who, uh, who were the designers in South Africa or who, Textile industries or fashion retailers or da 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 da. He asked them this general historic question about fashion in South Africa 20 years ago. They don't know. They have no clue. They don't know. Do you understand not what I'm saying? South Africa. I think no, no, I'm not talking about South Africa here. Okay. They have no clue. So they graduate and everybody drop out there and they think, wow, I'm the chocolate. I'm the <laughs> vanilla. I'm, you know what? You cannot build any industry without foundation. Exactly. You have to build the foundation. People, because a whole lot of the foundation crumbles because people, at South Africa, you know, sometimes people say you, we're addressing an, I mean, issues now about retail and manufacturing. And I keep telling people in South Africa here, there was serious retail yeah. industry. There was serious and manufacturing. CMTs, CMTs, yes. But a lot of people didn't know. And now, for us to solve the problem, isn't it sensible for us to know why they all evaporated? Yeah. Because if we know why all these uh, industries evaporate, maybe it can help the government to create a better policy. But that's why we need more training, training for African maybe designers. Maybe it will help the designers today to understand that South Africa has been on this level. And this level we are today is actually very low level. We shouldn't be proud of the level we are today. Yeah. Because there's something inherently wrong with the system that brings us to the level we are. So Fred, for me, it brings us down that we need more training for African designers. Again, in, in, in that sense, where even in, in, in design schools, when you look at, um, we, we have Lysoff in South Africa, which is quite a good, which, which is quite a good school. And we have various other with on, within the continent. But I think that we need more training for African designers. So when you, it's like <laughs> I just said, no, but listen, listen. So when, when you ask a designer a certain thing, or even just a question, who do you look up to? And mention an African designer. They won't tell you people that live within the African continent look up to designers that is abroad. There's nothing wrong with that. No, but no, Fred, it's yes. because they do not know that there is exactly. amazing people. Yes. For example, like yourself, who's been in the game 
for many years and to say that, you know what, I want to be like Fred um, Iboka one day. I want to go and do a mentorship oh, with, with, with Fred Iboka. <laughs> I want to do a mentorship with um, Suzanne Haynes or with people do not mention our own people's name, which is sad for me. That's Errol why the Lawrence. rest of the world, you know, that's <laughs> what, a lot of them. There's Errol Lawrence. There is still alive. I mean, he's speaking <laughs> strong, you know, and he's still working. And there is a Dick Longhurst. I mean, there are a lot of these names who had been. I mean, I remember when I came to South Africa in the 90s, um, coming from the United States, and and I met these guys. And when I look, when I saw the shows, my God, it was unbelievable. Yeah, the quality of work, their thinking. The I mean, when you talk about the Good Hope Designer Collection, the amount of time and fabrics and preparation from accessory to shoes to clothing and people took it very 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 seriously yeah. you know and not everybody part- participated because they have a way of assessing you go through a particular board that assesses if you are at the level where worried. you can show <laughs> uh, because it goes on for 5 days yeah yeah but that 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 is gone now that yeah. is gone now and a lot of those knowledge because at that time you can't just put all your So there was a system friend yeah. there, there was, was a system saying. there was that's a system saying. in Cape Town, there was a system Cape Town was a hub for fashion in South Africa or for Africa for that matter as far as organized fashion industry is concerned South Africa was exporting clothing Mm-hmm. to different parts of the world. South African manufacturers were well-known in the world. I, I mean, I read some textbook when I was in Philadelphia about District 6 wow. yeah. and the whole culture of fashion there. Yes, that is true. You know, so this thing did exist. And it's a quite a painful fact that today you talk to a student. I remember when I was judging this man of uh, international award with some other designers. And because we are talking about the academy, the universities, yeah. and the uh, place of knowledge for fashion, uh, <clears throat> and talk about Cypho, uh, Lysol, for Lysol. instance. And my, my feel that time, and what I keep bringing up that time that makes me less popular among other judges was the fact that, <laughs> and you know, some people say, oh, yeah, it's because you, you, you studied in America. I say, yeah, it's because I studied in America. I say the exact you know, same I, thing. I yes. was ex- I'm, I'm exposed, so maybe you can learn one or two things. And I said to them, Look, you have to change the structure of fashion education or art education yes. in South Africa. Yes. You have to expose the students to the industry. There has to be a synergy between the students and the industry because there is no point training students. Separate not, from the reality. Yeah, yeah, they're not going to be instrumental in the industry. Absolutely. You know? And look, that, that hasn't changed that much. And, and I think that also when you look at the, we're talking about the history as well. When you look at the syllabus, I don't think they take seriously. No, especially the business. history. Yes. And, and, and building on that platform. Because, mind you, when you run an academy, an institution, whether it's in engineering, medicine, or any, uh, any aspect of faculty, right? You are running it because it's got to meet with the demand of the, a particular industry. Now, what I suggested then, I said, close all the fashion schools. Because there's no point encouraging people, people to, to go in there and there's nothing and come back there. and become waiters. You know, it's ridiculous. You know, it's laughable. And I feel very, very upset about it that somebody's going to spend three, four years of their life on something that they're so passionate about, on something that in other countries people take very, very, very seriously. Very seriously. A designer in America and Europe is much more respected than a medical doctor and an engineer. 
But that's what I was saying, Fred. And, and we had, um, Shana from Lysoff, um, last week. And I said to her, me, I, I studied abroad too. And when you don't implement certain business ethics within your school and a designer goes abroad now they have the opportunity maybe they win a competition or whatever they get an opportunity to go to the usa let's use the usa for example and they get to a show and there's a few buyers or people and they say please show us your line sheets and an African designer, as there's a some, and this is the thing that frustrates me, and I'm even getting frustrated now <laughs> that there's so many designers that does not know the basic fundamentals, and I always say a basic line sheet. Ask them what a line sheet Guys, is, and they, they they do not know. So it's wanna... more it's more training. It's more training that we need in the schools. Yes. Fashion is, it's, 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 it's become glitz and glam. I think that's why so many people are coming into the industry. Yes. But they don't realize that this is a tough industry to be you in. You know what? I just want to say also something that for me, first of all, when I look at the education, fashion education system in the continent generally, I feel like the schools all need to close, close up completely. Go back, sit down on a drawing board and start again. Absolutely. Because when we sit down and laugh, and it's not a laughing matter, but we wonder, like, I don't want to call names right now because this is not the time. We'll do that on another show. But right now, I can tell you for sure, like, even when I go to Kenya, even when I go to whatever place that I've been to, to also connect to the fashion industry and also look at the education system, I'm embarrassed. And I'm so embarrassed because I think we need to just close the schools and start again. Another thing that I found very um, heartbreaking was when we had um, Lysoff in studio, uh, Shana from Lysoff in studio a few weeks ago, and we spoke about the curriculum because we were speaking about the curriculum. She mentioned, because I asked that, you know, what is it uh, with the curriculum? Is it something that can be able to help the students so that when they graduate and they decide, I want to go practice in Spain, or I want to go explore in the U.S., or I want to go do this in Milan, they still get into that space and fit in. But guess what? They don't fit in. They don't fit so in. So what's wrong? What's wrong? It comes from what's the, the schools. Point? No, but what's the point? We live in a global world. We are no longer living in a corner of Africa or a corner of Tunisia or a corner of Nairobi. We live in one global world. Whatever your, your, whatever education systems are running now need to be systems that can be applied to any student anywhere in the world. And if you're not doing that as an education system, as an edu- institution, then you need to close up and start again. I hear you, Liz. Um, I, I hear you and I, I, I share your view in terms of, you know, what may be extreme is closing up. I just use that just to express my disappointment with yeah. these institutions. But the, the thing that I find a little bit uh, challenging is that when you speak to, uh, you know, different persons that work in this institution, they become very, very defensive. Yeah. And they, they, they just protect their tough. You know, they are doing the right thing. And, but the fact is that they are producing students that are not going to contribute much. Nothing. In the, in the, Absolutely uh, nothing. You know, in the general market. And, well, maybe we should also move a little bit away from them and go back to the structure that can move us forward. As far as what structure are we designers working on? And maybe we, we should get a little bit uh, political or, yeah, about it. Because that's why I said there are different aspects of it. You know, somehow in Africa, our government 
things that things that happen successfully in Europe, they just happen just by mere <laughs> magic. Magic. Yes. You, Witchcraft. You know, <laughs> you know when America says uh, 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 when America say preferred nation of trading, America will say for instance they say, oh, we're very free uh, market system. But wait a minute. We have favorite nation. Yes. We have these policies. We have that policies. You know. So, but I am not an economist and I'm not a politician. But one thing that is clear to me is that you cannot move anything forward unless there's a structure and a system behind it. And this thing has to do with a coherent policy. My view is that when it comes to issue of textile and fashion, in South Africa, the government of the day doesn't have enough knowledge and enough people who are knowledgeable in that industry, perhaps to advise them on decisions they should be making on our behalf to carefully craft this industry with intention to make it a global, if not a global industry, there's a huge market. My daughter always reminds me that there's a huge market in this continent. Yeah, you know, and listen in, in 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 Italy, for instance, when you think about the revenue the brand brings into Italy, they don't need oil, they don't need diamond. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So we we need to carefully. I mean, they need to carefully think through about it. If you ask an investor in South Africa or in Africa yeah. to 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 invest in mine which is the popular, you know, is the dumbest thing. You know, I always say it's the most primitive investment any investor can make in the world. There's a mine and invest in taking the mine and selling the raw material. I think we should start getting a little bit more sophisticated than that. If you ask them to invest in brand, they, I remember one day I was sitting with this potential investor and the question he asked me was, ah, uh, yeah, clothing, uh, well, there's no money in clothing. If you talk to me about mine now, I will understand. And <laughs> I said, I'm, I'm not even going to address your ignorance. As he said, no, she, he, uh, would you consider that as an insult? I said, you can't because I'm not going to get anything out of you. It's obvious because you just don't have any idea about what I'm talking about. And how big and so, how much potential uh, 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 it has. Yeah, absolutely. I asked her, I asked him, I said, do you know Gushi? Do you know Amani? Do you know Kevin Klein? He said, oh, yes, oh, this is a big industry. I said, do you, how, what, how do you think they got big yeah, if people yeah. are not investing in it? When we come back, let's speak more about the homegrown investment. Yep, we'll be back after the break. Uh, this is the Fashion Lab. We're speaking to Fred Aboka, and we are speaking about why the African fashion industry is not in the global market space the way that it really should. This is CliffCentral.com. Welcome back to the show. This is the Fashion Lab on Cliff Central, where you find us every Friday, 1 to 2 p.m. Central Time. In the midst of these heated conversations with Fred Aboka, Morwick Peterson, my co-host, and the topic of discussion today is the African fashion industry and why we are not present as much as we should be in the global market space. Now, Fred and Morwick, we have been sitting here going on and on. Morwick's about to cry right now, if you guys don't know. And um, I want us to go back to this topic to kind of finalize, but I also would like to encourage our listeners 
to send in your tweets, send in your thoughts, you know, share with us your concerns, share with us what you think solutions, uh, what type of solutions you think we could implement as an industry. And another thing is, as much as we are heated up in these conversations, please do not forget to send us or to let us know who you would want to address and why. This is our very fun segment that comes at the end of the show. Um, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, Fashion Lab AF on Twitter, or you can go visual and insta us at Fashion Lab Africa. Anyway, back to the topic. Fred, what are your thoughts? I mean, we've spoken and we can speak all day long. And I think that we need to now move forward and say, here are some of the solutions or some of the steps or suggestions that... Before before Fred comes in and we went into break, I was saying, and because I'm taking this from what Fred was saying, is the homegrown investment. And these are challenges that so many um, African designers are facing. Yes, we do have... Um, Certain stuff that's out there that Blisco has um, a fashion fund and AFI has the fast track, whatever. And But when we look at how many billionaires and millionaires we have within our continent, why is no one investing and saying, let's have an African scholarship of one million rat or one million whatever to say that this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to elevate and this is how we're going to pump in. Fred, I want you to come in there and with why is there a lack of homegrown investment? I was just going to say before Fred comes in, please, uh, the funding billionaires and millionaires while you're listening in the continent, we want that money. I don't think it's going to scholarship. Let it go fast to the designers who are already working on the ground as designers because a lot of people need help forget up i mean not forget about the scholarships but let's start prepping and fixing the people who are actually already titled as designers because they are working they are on the ground they know a few things they make a few mistakes they want to grow they've already invested their money they're growing but i don't know if we're growing in the right direction fred you can go ahead well, <clears throat> when it comes to investment, um, generally in Africa, I, I, I find myself repeating myself again. You know, <laughs> our investors are very primitive. Yes. Uh, all they think about is cash and carry. Yes. You know, they, you know they, we don't invest even in movies. We don't invest. I, I feel sorry for guys who are like hacking on, on motor shows and all that, who are trying to do movies. You know, creative field. The reason why America donate the world culture today is because the Americans understand that back then in the 40s that what is going to dominate the world is culture. And cultural domination had made America very, very successful. We eat their food, we dress like them, we do everything because of cultural domination. as tons of billion. Well, investors in Africa are still in a very primitive state of mind. You know, I'm sorry to say that and apologize for anybody that it might offend. But if you think that I'm wrong, then do the right thing. Invest in creative things. Take a larger risk on culture. Uh, having said that, I think on the fashion aspect, I think the institution have to really sit back and 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 actually uh, probably look at their program and look at why their program is the way they are, why it's not competitive with the programs they have in, in the Western world, you know. Um, that is one aspect. And secondly, with all these new institutions that are being created, this is Fashion Week, this is 
fashion cancel. Um, we really need to sit back and say, what are we addressing? Because it seems to me that people just sit in these councils and there are big deals there and that's it. And, you know, we Africans, sometimes we're so happy with uh, very little success. You know, very little success. You know, I mean, people go, they do Milan. They, I mean, they go to Fashion Week in New York. and It's a big deal. We've achieved a lot. We don't look at the humongous larger picture. So I think that is what we should start doing. And that, that in, a, in a way, we actually contribute to actually um, moving fashion industry. Fred, I just want to come in there quickly, yeah. just to quickly, quickly speak about yeah. fashion shows too. Yes. Is that we need to understand what a fashion week is yes. and stop selling tickets for fashion week and understand what front row means, what second row means and what stands means within yes. a fashion, within yeah. a fashion show, um, fashion week. That way, I think... Fashion Week will become more... Uh, I, I, more, I don't more. know. Can, can I uh, just... just uh, sorry to interject. I just want to quickly address that. When you say the front row, second row, third row, the reason why those rows are very important yes. is because the designers that are showing are so successful and have established themselves for such a long time in their uh, area of influence mm -hmm. to such an extent that they have followers. Yes. So... If the fashion week is, let's say, for instance, fashion week is using somebody like Clive Randall, for instance. Clive Randall have prominent clientele. Yes. So Clive Randall is an iconic uh, designer in South Africa. So that is if South Africa look at Clive Randall in that respect. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Then you'll be able to say, okay, he's having a show. This is, it, it becomes imperative yes. that the first row, the second row becomes meaningful. But if you have chicken, and Harry, eggs and uh, bananas and everybody Sitting showing, in front row, like then, why? Then, then you can't have problem because a lot of very, very successful people can afford uh, expensive clothing and who are into fashion. Actually, uh, they are more attached to in the respective successful designers than they are to the fashion week. Yeah. So the question is, and this has been my continuous question, is the fashion week able to do enough research in their capacity yeah. to ensure that they the kind right. of have exclusiveness yeah. in the industry in such a way that they will be able to attract the cream of society yeah. The proper bias. We spoke to a buyer. Forget about the bias first, because we can't talk about the bias now. You know why? Because the industry is not linked. Yes. I mean, Edgar does things in Malaysia, whatever, India. You know, and you can't blame them. You can't blame them because the gate is so open; it's flooded with all kinds of nonsensity. Yes. So you can't hold anybody responsible. Everybody just want to make a buck. You know. So we are the one that feels the pain. They are just. They, 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 they are, uh, what you call it, um, business people. Yes. You know, two plus two is four. It's not, if they can make it 44, it's better for them. Yeah. You know, so, but the industry, the core industry itself has to organize itself in such a way that they will now attract the seriousness from mm -hmm. the larger world. Can I also just add on to Fashion Week? As much as we can sit here and uh, some things sound like bash, bash, bashing, hashtag bash, but the truth about Fashion Week, based on what I feel, is 
for designers to also take responsibility in the sense that don't carry your things. Go and say, I'm showing at whatever fashion week and expect that magic is going to happen because fashion week should have put you into the stores. Yeah. Fashion week is a platform where you can be able to maximize if you strategically think properly. Yeah. Make sure that you wire up all the right things. You get your PR, hype up your everything. Fashion week is a moment of fame. And a moment of fame in the sense of PR because of where the world is right now. Visibility and all of that. Yeah. So if you come in with the right strategy, get into Fashion Week, but do not expect Fashion Week to get your stuff into Macy's. It's not going to happen. Yeah. So it's about also making sure that you take responsibility as a fashion designer. You cannot have your cereal. Like, I cannot mix your cereal. Like, put the milk in, boil it, put it into the spoon and throw it in your mouth. Please, I beg. Please, I beg. Anyway, I just think, guys, that we are getting heated up again. Um, and I want us to lighten up this mood <laughs> and no, seriously, and go and discuss something that's a bit more fun about who we would want to dress and why. Fred, could you just share with our listeners, um, where they can connect with you? Me? Yes. Oh, okay. Or do you not want to connect with them? <laughs> well, they should connect with me. I need them more than they need me. <laughs> you, you know, um, I'm at, um, the Hyatt, the Fest. Yeah, that's where I am. Yeah. Guys, you so it's not so about so me. I, 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 don't, I don't want to say this. I don't want anybody to connect with me through this, <laughs> quite, quite frankly, because, quite frankly, I don't want anybody to connect with me through this. Reason why is this. This is a very passionate topic to me. I don't want to be misunderstood. I'm not on the radio because I want to throw my name out there. No. Yeah. I'm on it's this radio discussion. because this industry uh, needs to be addressed and we need to take it to a different dimension and i'm not blaming anybody who is participating now the fashion week of all various countries you know they are they, they are participating we are all doing something to uplift it we just probably have to do it a little bit differently wow Morik, what are your last thoughts on this before we go into the dress section <sighs> my last thoughts is let's stand together and unite as africans and let our industry become stronger, more growth, and for the world to recognize us as, wow. Wow. <laughs> I, I want to leave it with that. Like, wow. Because right now, the world is saying, Africa is not ready. Africa is this. Africa is ready. What's happening in here? And just quickly, Liz, is that we need more commitment from our media. Let's have more talk shows and platforms like this where we can actually discuss the business and different various topics within the African fashion um, industry. For me, I think actually it's not even about having more media platforms because we can, if we can talk, Africans already we talk. We were born talking. We can but talk no one, all day. No one hears No, us. but the no thing is, I, I don't think we need. Okay, now we are going back to this yes. topic again. <laughs> Look, I don't think it's about talking because we have been talking and talking and talking enough. It's about doing. It's about absolutely. It's time absolutely. to do. Absolutely, it's time to do. I totally agree with guys. You. We want to now lighten up. Actually, we need to seriously move into who would you want to dress and why. I hope that our listeners have their tweets coming. Let us know who you would want to dress and why. And we'll also do this roundtable thing quickly and share um, who we would want to dress. Fred, who would you want to dress and why? Well, quite a lot of people. I think there are so many very, very successful, prominent Nollywood uh, uh, actors and actresses. I think there are a lot of very successful uh, South African uh, celebrities. Uh, I, I cannot tell you one particular. I already do dress quite a number of people. But listen, I would like to dress more controversial people. 
Wow. More? <laughs> I knew you were going to come. I knew you were going to come. <laughs> I, was, I was just chatting to um, the guys who runs Gentlemen by Choice. Yeah. And more guys, young guys, need to start dressing up so that people can take them seriously. I'm not saying we all have different styles and stuff, but when you go into a particular, especially business meeting, you cannot come in, in looking like hip hop. People are not going to take you serious. For me, it's really to dress up the young gentlemen so people can take them serious. Serious. Sorry, not just in South Africa, but on, on the African on, on the African continent. For me, it's the getting the young guy, the new young guy on the block into a proper suit, a bow tie, a tie, proper shoes. If 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 you look good, people want to associate themselves Absolutely. with people who look business. Who it's it, it's all about business. Mm-hmm. So that's who I want to dress. Enough about the um the the people who's not looking right or the people who's looking good. I want to dress the young guys. Let us dress up properly. So people can take us seriously. Please dress the ones who are also not looking good because that's where we need help. A lot of help. I would want to dress two people. I want to dress Coco Master himself, Debanch. <laughs> again. And Debanch, I hope you're listening and I hope that you know. Because really, I don't want to go through this again. And then I want to dress, I want to dress Debanch because Debanch is very versatile. And he's got, he's an explosion when it comes to energy. Um, he's very stylish. He's very style savvy. Um, and he's not a trends boy, so he can wear anything. I mean, we could put a sack on him. I could sit down and want to just do 10 looks and say, let's see what look works best. Um, on the flip side, I want to dress the person Morwick said he, wanna dress, he wants to dress last week. Her name is Miley Cyrus. First of all, I want to dress her, and I'm saying this again, because she does not have clothes on. And I am sorry for this little child, because everybody is so excited about, oh my gosh, did you see what she wore at the VMS? Did you see what she wore? She did not wear anything. And I'm like, I'm tired. If I see Miley's boobs or bam one more time, I'm going to fall over. So Miley Cyrus, you need to start putting on clothes. Everyone who thinks she's looking and dressing cool, she's not even wearing anything. I want to dress Miley because she has no clothes. Wow. <laughs> so whoever's trying I, to come you know what yeah. I love today's I love today's show because we came clothes, with passion please. today we came with passion and to all our listeners to new listeners download the podcast and share this podcast listen to our previous shows educate yourself become knowledgeable so when you speak fashion and you speak the business of fashion, people will take you serious. You can download our podcast. You can come straight on to um, cliffcentral.com, download our podcast. You can go to our website, www.fashionlabafrica.com. Connect with us. Please download the podcast. Guys, I just want to say, do not forget to share with us whatever topics that you feel are so important for us to be able to dissect in this fashion lab. We love you all. We wish you a lovely week. To so Fred Ubaka, uh, thanks again thank for coming. You, you are a powerful you. man. Thank, thanks for inviting me. Thank powerful you man. Thank yeah. you. Peace. Ciao, ciao. This is cliffcentral.com.